This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Uh, we get this from the Yates Warning Center chat line. It's funny because I was going to bring up just a, just a little little bit of this kind of... Uh, Discussion, which which started with the uh, Oakland A's, maybe to be the Las Vegas A's. Hey, Chuck, I appreciate you building, talking about building a bigger, better baseball stadium a couple of days ago. I I floated to the uh, 8 o'clock hour audience uh, the idea of doing some kind of uh, public referendum where the city of Lubbock, whether it's, and I, I guess we can't raise the sales tax anymore, but whether it's whatever, whatever, use whatever kind of funds where the city in conjunction with the university would build a new Dan Law Field or Rip Griffin Park or extensive renovations to the current facility. Uh, the eight o'clock hour uh, folks shot me down like, uh, like a, a helicopter over uh, Vietnam in the heyday of that uh, conflict war. Okay. Okay. That just got real. <laughs> well, I mean, just like, <laughs> I was trying to come up with something. And I was like, well. well like, you it should was... have gone with like, um, shot you down like uh, you uh, asking Wendy Peppercorn for a date back in okay. junior high. <laughs> okay, probably something. <laughs> I would have to get up the nerve to ask Wendy Peppercorn in junior high mm-hmm. uh, for a date. Um, the uh, Nevada State Senate. Um adjourned yesterday they did not vote on a bill proposing uh, a new stadium uh, on the strip for the uh, oakland raiders again soon to be maybe the las vegas raiders maybe or las vegas a's but maybe not uh, apparently um the a's would not owe any property taxes for this publicly owned stadium um and the the, the thing that kind of stood out to me is that during a hearing that began on Wednesday and went till Thursday, according to this ESPN article, the lawmakers, quote, peppered tourism officials and a representative from a firm partnering with the ball club with questions about the feasibility and benefits of financing such a deal. Here's where it made me laugh a little bit. It said uh, the A's representatives and some tourism officials said a deal would further grow Las Vegas's developing sports scene. Okay, I'll, I won't disagree with that because they've got an NHL team that's right now, you know, 2-1, down 2-1 in the, in the Stanley Cup. Uh, Florida won last night in overtime. And, and then it says this, act as an economic engine. Um, a chorus of economists and some local lawmakers warned that the project would bring minimal benefits for the hefty public price tag. So, um, anyway, I... Now, unless they put a better team on the field, ultimately the the, yeah. the, the novelty of it will wear sure. off really quickly. Sure. And fans will stop going. I mean, yeah. Because they're not even trying to win in Oakland currently. Right. So, I mean, it's it's not like people are going to just, oh, hey, let's go to... let's Should we go to Vegas and watch baseball? Or should we go to... I mean... It, it'd be part of it maybe and maybe it would ext- who knows if it would extend their day it's hard to say it's going to bring any more people because people flock to vegas all the time you know to eat to go to shows to gamble to you know just get away from reality for a couple of days 
you know, so is it is it really going to do that much more? So anyway, I I um, I floated that uh, to to uh, to build that, and again got shot down like I was asking out Wendy Peppercorn. Is there was there a Wendy Peppercorn in your life, or is that a movie that I'm missing? It's a movie. Okay, mm-hmm. is that Karate Kid movie or? No, it's Sandlot. Sandlot. Okay, Sandlot. I've seen that movie. Just don't, didn't recall Wendy Peppercorn. Um, you don't how can you not know Wendy Peppercorn from Spitz Sandlot? Kissing the uh, the 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 lifeguard. The lifeguard. Oh man, I, I guess I guess I don't. Maybe, maybe I didn't see Sandlot. I thought I saw Sandlot. That's the one. That's the one where they hit the ball into the neighbor's yard, right? Mm-hmm. The uh-huh. Babe Ruth ball. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I guess I just and the the lifeguard. Oiling and oiling. She knows exactly what she's doing. And the kiss. How do you? Well, I, I think I've seen the movie once. And I I, I think I've seen it once. But gotta, life was going by pretty fast in those days with I, with the girls and my wife. The uh, the boys would like that movie. The boys would like that watch that movie with the boys. Okay, maybe we'll maybe we'll the do that. The boys would like that movie. We're still kind of on Super Mario Brothers and Well, it's time for you to Monster Inc. take them to the next level. Take yeah. them to the next the 10-year-old okay. maybe take them to the, uh, yeah, By the way, the young one probably wouldn't, but the the 10-year-old. He would like it anyways too. The little one would like it anyways too. I schooled the 10-year-old last night. We went out to eat and he was he had this game, you know, connecting the the squares and you you got to make a square here and you make a square around the the hot sauce and you get two points and you can make a square around this one you get one point he was like he was like giving me all the strategy and tell me what not to do and then then the competitive juices just hit hit me and it's like okay boom 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 boom, boom. and it was like 10 to 2 i won in what game this on this one of those little menu things where you, you to keep the kids to keep the kids <laughs> the kids to keep the kids the kids to keep the kids attentive you know <laughs> and then maybe the the adult kids too, you know, yeah. the adult twelve year olds. <clears throat> kids. Yeah. yeah. Uh Huggy Bear says this. Even seeing it once, you should remember that oily dime. Come on, Chuck. Yeah. Squints mm. is like my favorite character from that okay. movie, so So anyway, I uh I floated that. I floated that with the eight o'clock group, uh, and if the six o'clockers whom I thought maybe the six o'clockers would be, you know, would be the, the business women and men of the of the group that would be maybe a little bit more seasoned because they were going to work a little bit earlier up and at them would have maybe a a different a different thought so if you have a thought about use because my thought was hey this is something we, we want to use it would be quality of life it would be a better stadium it would help attract you know more fans you know make it more comfortable better more players you know as well in addition to the improvements that you're making in the clubhouse and could you could you publicly finance it as opposed to relying on individual donors to to do it? Um, the eight o'clock hour group felt like Texas Tech just needs to pay for it themselves. We haven't used the public to pay for football or basketball. Nope, we right? haven't. We haven't. I just thought it might be something to kind of jumpstart it because you're. And if you've the got public these... was going to pay for something, mm-hmm. wouldn't you say the public would be more into paying for football or basketball over baseball? A larger majority of the sure, but you of the people in the community are interested in those sports compared to baseball. I'm not saying it's right. You yeah. can, obviously you know I'm I'm a fan of baseball. Yeah, um, but so that's why that's another reason it feels odd to me that you would say, okay, community, we know you're the least interested in baseball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
someone should pay for this. Well, I, but I, I of just, the three, right? Yeah. That's fair. Is that not fair for me to say? Probably so. Yeah, probably so. I mean, it's football, basketball, baseball. That's. that's I mean, if you just look at attendance numbers, it, that. Yeah. You know that's. Yeah. That's, you have a very loyal baseball fan base that mm-hmm. I think has been phenomenal for the Red Raiders, so I'm not criticizing them at all. I guess I just... But the truth of the matter is, you have way more people in this city interested in football. And when basketball is going well, basketball. Yeah. Then you do baseball. Yeah. I, I just thought maybe that this might be a, a means to, to jumpstart a project uh, and, and help with a project that might not get done because you're doing this 200 million dollar football project and yeah and when you hear when people hear about that yeah hey we're spending 200 million dollars on a on the end of our football stadium mm-hmm. the public's going to be like and you need us to pay for baseball why yeah no i i, I know what again i just i i think the amount of money that it would cost us each individually to do that would be minimal minimal like a pizza year kind of thing Versus, I, I have a hard time believing that, but if, sometimes the math works out like that, and especially sometimes over time. it does, and sometimes it does. <laughs> sometimes you you've hit the wacky tobacky hard, yeah. Yeah, somebody on a the pizza. Yates Flooring Center <laughs> chat line posted a picture of Wendy Peppercorn there in the lifeguard stand. I mean, I think we all have a girl that we remember in the lifeguard stand at our various public pools. Apparently, our, you don't. No, I, I, I can remember some. Because my go. lifeguards didn't look like that. Oh, you know, the old Young Spark Pool. Squints was went on to marry her. <laughs> Young, like five kids. The old Young Spark Pool was uh, pretty good back in the day. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Today is June the 9th, 2023. Here is Jeff McGuire. Going to start in 1914 because Pittsburgh Pirate baseball shortstop mm-hmm. Honus Wagner is the second player to get 3,000 hits. Mm. To answer the next inevitable question, who was the first? Camp Cap Anson was the Camp first player. Anson, Cap, okay. C A P. Okay. 1930 official morning drive marathon runner Parif- uh, Pavlo Nervi yeah. runs a world <laughs> record six. Mile, 29 minutes, 36.4 seconds. Wow. Six miles in 29 minutes. That's getting after it. Even today, it's getting after it. Less than five-minute miles. Gosh. And not just one of them, yeah, but six, six of in them. in a row. Yeah. 1946, New York Giants' Mel Ott becomes the first manager in Major League Baseball history to be ejected from both games of a doubleheader. <laughs> Giants would lose both games to the Pittsburgh Pirates. He probably had a little hangover from game one. Expressed his... Uh, you, you wonder if there was. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So he comes out there for the second one. He gets fired up. And he's like, just like in game one, <laughs> you're blowing it again. Mm-hmm. And the umpire says, and just like in game one, you're out of here. That's like when that's like when your parents sent you to your room. I can remember this one time specifically. Sent me to my room and and come, you know, for a certain amount of time and then they're like, Come on out here and then you come out there and you have it immediately have a poor attitude. Right. Immediately. <laughs> and I remember dad being like, You know what? Just go back. <laughs> you got a poor attitude still, just go back. 
I was like, well, that didn't work out so well. No. Uh, 1963. Maybe that's why I enjoy being alone so much. <laughs> you kept getting sent back to your room. <laughs> I actually liked it there. <laughs> uh, the very first Sunday night baseball game took place with the Sunday ni- with the San Francisco Giants losing to the Houston Colts three to nothing. Hmm. 1973, in the 105th Belmont, Ron uh, Turcotte. Aboard Secretariat yep. wins in two minutes, 24 seconds, becoming the very first Triple Crown winner in 25 years. Secretariat won the race by a record 31 lengths and has run the fastest time ever at the Belmont. Six years later in the 100th and 11th Belmont, Ruben Hernandez above uh, aboard Coastal wins in two minutes, 28 seconds. Almost a full five, uh, five seconds slower than Secretariat. That's how fast Secretariat was. 1986, in a clash of future Baseball Hall of Fame pitchers, California Angels Don Sutton beats Tom Seaver of the White Sox three to nothing at Comiskey Park. The two combined for over 600 career wins. Nice. 2001 French Open women's tennis American winner Jennifer Capriotti wins her second major title. Mm -hmm. And in 2019, former Boston Red Sox star David Ortiz is shot while visiting his native Dominican Republic. Yeah, he was lucky lucky to be alive. Yeah. It is National Strawberry Rhubarb Pie Day. Okay, I'm You're a, fan a fan of, of the rhubarb. Rhubarb, not the strawberry rhubarb. I'm not sure I've ever had a slice of strawberry rhubarb pie. There's people that do that, and I mean, I know why they do it because the the rhubarb is a is a bitter taste, and they use the strawberry to kind of street, sweeten it up. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, but to me, the strawberry ruins the rhubarb, just like the rhubarb ruins the strawberry. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Give me a strawberry pie or give me a rhubarb pie, but don't put it together. Okay. I don't think I've ever had a strawberry pie either. Really? I'm sure they exist. Oh, I have. Oh, man. I don't know that I've had one. Um, Happy birthday. Former Red Raider basketball player, Jemias Ramsey, 22 today. God. I mean. Still in the league? No, I don't don't know where he is. It's funny. I was thinking about him the other day because I... I saw a kid at the gym that reminded me of him. I mean, just as he was just walking off the basketball court, um, he, he was not as tall or anything. He just, I looked at him like, well, that kind of looks like Jemias Ramsey. I wonder, what, I wonder what's going on with him. But it, it, it wasn't. It, it, it wasn't. <clears throat> he is playing for the Oklahoma City Blue NBA G League team. Okay, so he's okay. still in the G League. Mm-hmm. Uh, da 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 Trying to find some numbers here. Apparently, they're out of Sacramento. Played in 19 games. Averaging three points a game. Uh, tomorrow, big birthday. Gary Ashby turns 68 tomorrow. Wow, how about so that? Make sure you tell Gary Ashby happy birthday He's tomorrow. a young 68. He's a young 68. I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, today, Johnny Depp is 60, Natalie Portman 42, and Michael J. Fox is 61. 
So Gary Ashby's only eight years older than Johnny Depp? Correct. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) The two could be twins. I'm sure they're confused for each other all the time. And on this day in 1964, in a reply to formal uh, formal questions submitted by President Lyndon Bain Johnson, Mm -hmm. would the rest of Southeast Asia necessarily fall if Laos and South Vietnam came under the North Vietnamese control? The CIA submits a memo that effectively challenges the domino theory, backbone of Johnson's administrative policies. The theory contended that if South Vietnam fell to the communists, the rest of Southeast Asia would also fall like dominoes, and that the theory had been used to justify much of the Vietnam War effort. CIA concluded that Cambodia was probably the only nation in the area that would immediately fall. Furthermore, a continuation of the spread of communism in the area would not be inexonerable, and that any spread which did occur would take time, time in which the total situation might change in any number of ways unfavorable to the communism cause. CIA reported concluded that if South Vietnam and Laos also fell, it would be profoundly damaging to the U.S. position in the Far East, but Pacific bases and allies such as the Philippines and Japan would still wield enough power to deter China and North Vietnam from any further aggression or expansion. And still sent troops to Vietnam. That is this day in sports history. All right, uh, 6.53 this morning here on the morning drive. You were talking about Secretariat in the Belmont, and it just it reminded me of something that took place with, with Secretariat. It's a number of years ago when they made it official, but um, I don't know how much play it really got because I, re- I don't remember talking about it when it came out, but they actually changed Secretariat's time um, at the Preakness race um, to a stakes record of one minute and 53 seconds. Um, they had originally clocked Secretariat uh, on the win at like uh, 155 and some change. And they, there were some challenges with the uh, electronic timer, and then they changed it to 154 and 0.25. Uh, and then they, after just review of film and tape and everything that took place, because a couple of people in the press box had typed clock secretary at 153. Um, they they ended up, again, finally changing it by, which is almost, uh, it was about two seconds from 155 to 153. So I was trying to remember if it was the Belmont or the Preakness, but it was the, it was the Preakness. Uh, the secretary already had, you know, records at, uh, the Kentucky Derby and at the Belmont, and now has the uh, still has the record uh, at the Preakness. And by the way, they may not run the Belmont this weekend because of the Canadian wildfires. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. The, the smoke in the air is too much for the horses. Mm. Okay. Makes sense. To hell with the Makes people. Sense. I mean, you go out there and play your baseball game, but you know the horses. Well, yeah. they're canceling lots of baseball games too. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> uh, let's see here. This let's say a pizza costs sixteen. Sixteen times three hundred thousand people equals four point eight million. Chuck, you cannot build a new stadium for that amount. Well, it's over time. That would be every year for you know twenty years. Plus, that means you would be taxing the young phenom and all of his peers. Math is not your strong suit. Give it up, my friend. Okay. Hey, he said your friend. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Sorry to hear your feelings are still hurt. No, my feelings aren't hurt. Uh, I drop it before the mean kids make you cry again. Nobody made me cry. 
Nobody made me cry. <laughs> mean kids. <laughs> mean I'm kids. offended by the mean kids comment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then us that listened for 12 hours a day, every day, just knew you were coming up with another crazy idea like flat bases. Well, I didn't think it was so crazy, but... And then somebody else says, and I agree, Jemias Ramsey is only 22. Wow. Just think if he'd have stayed. I know. Man, he could have been a good player for you. All right. He was in his one year. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. It feels like a, like a lazy kind of day here today, you know, with the... Feels like it almost should be raining, kind of a soft, kind of gentle rain, you know, and just everybody kind of holing up, being inside. Good morning with uh, Jamie Lent, Jeff McGuire, I'm Chuck Hines. We'll have baseball on the air for you tonight. Astros and the Guardians from Cleveland at 540 on 100.7 The Score. Rangers and the Tampa Bay Rays, well documented from Florida tonight, as we'll have that at uh, 535 for the first pitch. Our coverage uh, begins at 5. Uh, we get this from uh, the co-host of Tech Talk. And the uh, Ph.D. of our group, he truly is a smart guy, Dr. Mike Gustafson. He says the UCF quarterback has pronounced John Reese Plumley. Okay. And he said he also played center field for them this past spring. Mm, nice. Okay. Didn't yeah. know he was a baseball player, too. Yeah, so there you go. All right, so we're talking about some anonymous quotes uh, that uh, coaches uh, submitted uh, thoughts on um, under the uh, guise of anonymity. Uh, so you get uh, real truth. Uh, real maybe real speak uh, instead of coach speak um, with regard to opposing teams uh, because obviously you don't want to be super um, critical or super you know um, positive about your about your competitor nobody wants to do that so we've been talking about the various teams and got a few more for you before we get to Jamie's question of the day at 730 uh, this is what they said about KU uh, what Lance Leipold showed last year is that they're going to raise the floor to being a really hard team to shut down and to scheme for. And then if they can keep recruiting and developing, the ceiling is a lot higher than we thought for Kansas. They're a wild card this season. They're still not particularly talented, but they're so creative on offense that it compensates in a lot of places. It's a lot of work pre-snap and with formations, and they're very disciplined in how they do it. Okay. If the ceiling's not the floor, though, I don't know that. I found it funny that, um, you know, most people are raising the roof. Yeah. The Jayhawks are raising the floor. (laughs) Well, you've been, when you've been the floor mat, you know, trying to get off the floor, you know, and, and I, I, I expect their offense to be really good again this year. They were, uh, they were fun to watch, a fun team to watch last year offensively. Their quarterback is really good. Um, just I just and I don't know enough about their what they have returning. I don't either. Just to keep questioning their defense. Uh, somebody says, "What did they say about us?" We went over that. Let me do this again. Um, with regard to Texas Tech, for all of the Texas high school coaching hires, Joy McGuire, uh, and they say was still a high school coach as recently as 2016. I think this was this one is still an experiment. It's still hard to tell. That's not on Joey. He's done a really solid job there so far. It's just that they're not a high-end Big 12 roster. I mean, I think you're, you're better with your Big 12 roster today than you were five, six years ago. Is that fair? Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, they're still in the middle of the road, and you can see it getting off the bunts. The offense will have a really good year. They basically have got everybody back, but they're used to that kind of performance. Having a good offense alone isn't why they hired the guy. That guy. That sounds like a guy to me that can see that things are heading in the right direction at Texas Tech and is not going to 
uh, compliment any, you at any promotion mm. of that. Mm. That's that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, okay, so with regard to, let me give you a couple more here. Uh, Baylor, they were a confusing team to play last year. Something was definitely off. Dave Aranda is a really smart defensive coach, but didn't seem like they really used a lot of the stuff he's known for schematically. What stood out is how they weren't as physical on defense. Guys weren't playing as hard, to be honest. Just a weird vibe for an Aranda team. I think that's fair to say yeah. as far as uh, just it was they were odd because they were really good at times mm-hmm. and other times they were not even close to being as good. And boy, they came in here and, and kind of manhandled you, but we just didn't see that all season long from uh, them. They were very inconsistent. Yeah, listen to this about Oklahoma State. Probably the most confusing team in the entire league. They can beat the crap out of you or beat themselves the same way. It really just depends on the week. For having a veteran coach, they struggle to stay consistent. Ouch. Mm. Uh, Quarterback Alan Bowman could work out in Mike Gundy's system. He obviously knows the league. The D.C. hire, Brian Nardo, is really intriguing. It's like what he did a few years ago, bringing in Mike Yursich in from a small school. I'd worry less about the small school hire and more about rebuilding from scratch using the portal. Yeah, that's not very complimentary. Now, how about this for uh, Oklahoma? Probably the best way to explain last season is they've got a head coach, Brett Venables, who hasn't made all the hard decisions yet. They're caught between errors, what they were, and also what was slipping with Lincoln Riley and what they want to be in heading into the SEC next year. I'm not sure Brent understood the landscape of recruiting for OU coming from Clemson for so long and being able to win on guys easier. Norman, you have to work there. It's not easy. Wow. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's caught between errors. Uh, Texas. They could get scary good if Quinn Ewers plays the way he's capable of. They're really close to connecting it all on offense and playing up to that standard of a Steve Sarkeesian team. Losing Bijan is a serious blow, no doubt, but this is the kind of scheme and the kind of roster where you adjust to the other talent. You don't try to fill a hole. There's so much talent there at tight end and receiver, they're going to burn some teams. Yeah, I think they could be really good offensively. Yeah. And then the one school we didn't do, Iowa State. Let me give you that real quick here. Uh uh, they have discipline, they get after you, and you have to play a perfect game. They're hard to beat that way. Obviously, they're not as athletic as most teams, and they can't beat you one-on-one. That's not a knock, because if they were just chasing talent, they wouldn't be successful at a place like this. They obviously weren't good on offense, and they don't have the weapons to plug in, but when you consider how many changes Matt Campbell made to the staff, it's obvious they want to get it right and build it back up. So... One coach was well, I'm glad to hear that they want to get it right. Yeah, well, but, the rest of them don't. No, no. But one coach was critical. They were critical of West Virginia for Neil Brown not making changes. Yeah, but they said clearly that they felt like he felt like it was a personnel issue and yeah. not a coach's yeah. issue. Yeah. yeah. Uh, somebody says this sounding like uh, Grundy, uh, Mike Gundy, crit- critiquing his own school. Yeah, could be. Could be. Anyway, I, I just found that. I hope you found that interesting. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, it's, None uh, of them ended with "Let's go," though. <laughs> so they didn't ask Joey McGuire any questions. I'm telling you, man, the the one where he talks about he's a vet—that's Coach McGuire, because <laughs> he says that all the time. 
And, you know, so Tony, Tony Bradford, he's a vet, you know. Tyler Shuck, he's a vet. We don't need to have very many reps from him. And I'm not being critical. I'm just saying that that's, that's, a, that's a term that he uses all the time. And he, he said that with regard to a coordinator at, uh, at Central Florida. He's a vet. You think that he says that more than let's go? He he says that about his own team or or about about instead of saying he's an upperclassman he just he says he's a vet. Mm-hmm. No, he's I get a, it. He's a vet. I, I just wonder if he says that more. Then let's go. Yeah. Let's go is his public thing. Okay, or, with or, this kind of rallying the troops. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Yep. Or wreck him. Wreck him because he says wreck him a lot too. Okay. Hashtag wreck him. Mm-hmm. Hashtag let's go. Mm-hmm. Hashtag those guys don't know what they're talking about. They dress good, but they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> Would you rather be known as somebody that dresses good or... You like it? It looks good, man. Somebody that dresses good. Let me know how I can will. Would I rather be known as... You just asked me if I'd rather be known as somebody that dresses good or somebody that dresses good. No, no. Dresses good or 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 knows what he's talking about. I would rather, I guess, be known as someone that knows what they're talking about. Yeah, probably so. That's probably the correct answer there. I feel like I'm over two with a couple of strikeouts looking there, but no, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Mm-hmm. somebody, uh, one of my daughters asked me the other day. Maybe it was the lucky lady. Why, why do they use K for strikeouts? And I said, well, there's a K in the word strike, but maybe there's something more to that than maybe that's a. Maybe there's more of an explanation there than I always like the backward K for looking. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the. You know what I'm saying? I mean, why, why do they, why do they, why do they say K's? Well, it's a strikeout. You know, there's a K in the word. Like knockout. I mean, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, K's. I don't have the answer K's. to that, Chuck. K's. Seven twenty-five this morning on the morning drive. This just in. Joey McGuire gets it. We have friends whose son is an incoming freshman at Tech. Joey's, with help from his uh, wife, sits down with every player and they have a detailed list on each. They know their birthday, girlfriend, favorite food, favorite activity, mom and dad's name and occupation. They know everything about each player. I'd like to think that's pretty standard, but maybe, maybe they take it to the next degree of actually remembering and knowing. Maybe so. You know, because um, I think there are coaches that have that skill set that can tell you every name of every player, their mom, their blah, 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 blah. That's a great skill set to have and, and good for Coach McGuire and his wife to to be invested do you to have that, that manner. Do you have that skill set? I do not. Oh, but so, do. so you're not going to be as great of a recruiter as we thought? The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. All right. Um, you got a question for us? Do you probably question yourself more than anything else? I do have a question for you, mm-hmm. and it's going to involve Red Raider football. My question for you guys today is what player on the roster do you think will make a significant jump in production from where they were in 2022? <laughs> compared to 2023 a significant jump no right answer no wrong answers it can be more than one really good answer Mm -hmm. it could be three really good answers i mean the odds aren't great for the three of us but it's possible well i mean stranger things have happened Mm -hmm. if he plays all 12 games plus the bowl game 
uh, and you have the kind of season that you think that you're going to have with, you know, seven or eight regular season wins, then I, I'd say I'd say Tyler Shuck is going to make a big jump. That's fair. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Tyler Shuck. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I think Taj Brooks is going to be the lead dog in the running back room by a lot. Um, I I think Valdez's contributions are going to be exponentially more than they were last year mm-hmm. because if for no other reason, it goes from a three-headed monster to a two-headed monster. And while I do think Taj is still going to get the majority of those carries, Valdez is going to make his presence known this year. Who did you have as the third head last year? Um, the Valdez? Yeah. Oh, uh, as the third head. Yeah, 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 yeah. Only 18 carries. I don't feel like he deserved a head. Okay, third guy in the running back room. Okay. <laughs> yeah. My number one answer was the same as Jeff. I, I think Valdez, I mean, when you consider that he, I mean, he rushed for 169 yards last year. Okay, and I, I think he's your number two guy. Mm-hmm. I, I think that... I mean, triple that at least. Okay. Triple that at least. I, I think is is legitimate. So I think that's a really good answer. I think your answer is 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 really good too, Chuck. Um, Valdez was the first guy uh, on my list. So mm-hmm. uh, you guys have gone quarterback and and running back, and I'll I'll throw another one at you that I think is going to make a, a much bigger impact, and I think it's a little fungy. Um, okay, yeah. 34 yeah, catches for yeah. him, 451 on the yardage. Mm-hmm. He's not going to triple his yardage or anything like that. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. But I think you could see him go from 34 catches to 50-plus. I think you could see him for 50 yardage up to, you know, closer to probably 700 or more. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a guy in the receiving core. You know, Miles Price might have been a good answer as well. Um, you know, he did ultimately end up leading you with 51 catches on the team, tied with Jaron Bradley. I can't see Bradley making a major, major jump just because he already had 744 yards yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. But m- maybe it's 200 yards more. Maybe he gets to the 1,000-yard mark, which that would be a 25% increase. And if he did that sure. in production, which is pretty big, mm-hmm. that's pretty big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't. I hope his production isn't up. But I hope his season is better. Would be Austin McNamara. I mean, we'd all agree, and I think even he would say that last year wasn't a successful year for him punting for you. Uh, a lot of frustration from him last year uh, of not being the Austin we have seen year in and year out since he's been here. If he gets back to, and at the end of the year, he kind of got back to a little bit of just booming those kicks that. I, he had less reps. I mean, he, you know, I mean, you wonder. But the reps he did have last yeah, year no. weren't what he would want. No, you're 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 not wrong. I just went for it on fourth down a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I just wonder. Like took away his moment to shine, right? Or, or t- takes away his, you know, you kind of get your, and then it's all of a sudden like, oh, we're gonna, oh, we're gonna kick this time. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. Are punters mad when? A team picks up third down and one. I don't really think they are. Well, no, so. but I mean, like, well, like right. a third and six. You know, it's like, okay, here's my time to come in and pin that. Yeah. And like, oh, okay, of course we're gonna a, a we're gonna go for it. As a punter, at the end of the day, gotta go or, find my helmet. The, you know, say you you won a good, you know, <laughs> when you won a game twenty seven twenty four. 
You know, he sees his mom and dad after the game. They're like, great job. He's like, man, I only got to punt once. <laughs> I mean, is he like, yeah, I'm thrilled we're, we won, but I'd like to get to play a little bit more. I mean, do punters feel that way? I don't know. I, I've never seen because a... you're. I mean, dude, you're only brought out when things are bad. Yeah. It's got to be an odd mindset. And, you got, that, and, a, and if you're a competitor, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you would have to understand. Sure. I mean, you understand he wants to play. Yeah, right. He wants to compete. But at the same time, he wants to win. So sure. I'm not saying he wants it more mm-hmm. than he wants the team to win. But at the end of the day, if, mm-hmm. you know, if you're punting having, a lot, man, that's a problem. One, if you're having one of those great games when you're winning at 52 to 48, and Austin's mom and dad were like, man, you were so good. And they're like, oh. Honey, yeah. you played so great. Like, Mom, I got out there once. Yeah. And we ran a fake. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jeff's walked out of that building, you know, uh, after a football game. I mean, it's, there's a distinct difference of when you win and when you lose. But I've never I've never seen the fill-in-the-blank punter's parents or girlfriend, you know, like excited to see him after we've gotten our clock cleaned, you know, by 20 or 30 points or six points. You're awesome! You know, like jumping into his arms kind of thing. You know, I've never seen that. I don't know. I I really don't know. I always feel like the kicking group is a little bit different. Are the are the punter parents different too? Well, I'm just saying I've never seen them be just excited about after a loss mm-hmm. because their their son played so well. Are they yes? a different group as well? Off the Ace Lawyer Center chat line, he did great holding the eight extra point kicks. <laughs> yeah. 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 So so who you know? It's funny because we talk about this all the time. We talk about you know why did we do this on third down or. Or why didn't we, you know, go to the receiver, this receiver more? Or why didn't the, why didn't we run the ball more? But when, and we always think, you know, there's, the stadium is full of offensive coordinators, but defensively, we, we, we just complain about the defense of not being able to defend or put pressure on the quarterback. But is there somebody defensively, kind of to flip your question, because we all gave offensive guys. Is there somebody defensively that, that if they stood, if they perform differently or could have an exponentially better year that would help either them or the defense overall that, that stands out to you? Um, I would go with um, Adatere. Okay. Joseph Adatere? I, I thought he was coming on big time mm-hmm. last year at the end of the season. Okay. And I think he'll play a much larger role this year. Okay. Uh, you might say this. And I don't know if he—I don't know if he could have a better year. Um, Malik Dunlop had a really good year in the defensive backs. Yeah, I don't. Know but I didn't know that you could say that he's going to be significantly. Yes, better. right, yeah. right, right. I would agree. I wouldn't say that about him. You know, and then you know anybody along your defensive line. I mean, we talked yesterday about you know having to—I don't know—you can't necessarily replace a Tyree Wilson, but you're, you're going to have to. Um, you know, have somebody that can help you uh, put pressure on the quarterback. I don't know what's that. It's an interesting, uh, interesting Miles Cole would okay. be, I think, a, an, an answer as well on the defensive side. Okay, and then you know, from a special team standpoint, aside from Austin McNamara, you might say Gino Garcia because you're replacing your kicker. Was Gino Garcia here last year? I believe so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he was here last year. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, since he did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he didn't win the he didn't win the job. So okay. if he kicks one extra point for us, he will be significantly better. Well, in his twenty twenty two season, yeah. he will make a much larger impact. Okay, <laughs> by infinity times. Mm-hmm. By infinity times. By yeah. by uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, ERA, right? 
He'll, uh, he'll do go. that. He'll do that. Let's see. Let me give you the numbers on uh, on uh, on Mr. Garcia. Uh, he's uh, going to be a senior. So yeah, he was he was he was uh, last year. He appeared in three games. Um, oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, finished a perfect seven for seven on PATs and was zero of one on field goal attempts. Okay. Uh, he was four for four in the Murray State game, which was the season opener, and then two for two against Houston. He missed his lone field goal try from That's fifty-six right. yards or he forty-six started yards. The season as the guy. Yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. His only other opinion, uh, only other appearance, came late in the route of West Virginia with a successful PAT. Okay. Only he came other. to Tech from Houston Baptist. That's right. All right. Uh, 740. Boom, boom, boom is next as we are here downtown. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. With Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. We'll have uh, plenty of uh, conversation all throughout the day today. We, uh, an hour from now, we'll hear from Choice Woodman and Jeff Haxton. And the bottom line today at noon, both those shows on 100.7 the score. Don't forget Tech Talk this afternoon here on Double T 97.3 at 3. And then uh, Ranger Baseball. A uh, little early afternoon baseball. So maybe as you get off work today and head home to the Casa, you know, go out in the back patio and pop a couple tops and put something on the Barbie and and uh, enjoy a little Ranger Baseball. Okay. <laughs> Grill some burgers or something. <laughs> Whatever you'd like to do. Uh, Yates Flooring Center Challenge is open at DoubleT973.com in the mobile app. Visual Edge IT Hotline as well at 806-771-0973. So we come to you from the First United Bank studio. You going to do going to do all that today? I'll probably do none. <laughs> I'll, I'll almost guarantee I'll do none of it. None of it. I will drive home from work today. <laughs> Keep my top on. I don't, don't have any. I don't have any Barbies. Okay. Okay. Don't anything throw on the Barbie. Yeah. The barbecue grill or anything like that. Okay. You have two girls. Uh huh. And none of them have a Barbie. Did they not have Barbie dolls that, growing up? There was a stretch, but there was I think a stretch. they're out of the house now. They're out of the house now. Yeah, huh. they went more to the American Girl doll. Okay. Oh, okay. And I remember we, those we days. Yeah, have some of those. Yeah, when you would go, when you would go there to those were to shop and things like that. Overly priced <laughs> dolls. Yes, <laughs> that I think we've saved all of because they were so expensive that they might be worth something. Assume someday. the grandkids will want them one day. Yeah, you would hope, right? You would hope. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, well, let's see here. Uh, with regard to Ludwig Aberg, uh, he had the lo- second longest drive on the seventh hole yesterday, 345 yards. Uh, Scott in Houston says it was fun to watch him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no question. I mean, he, he is going to be uh, one to watch. And, um, man, I hope, I hope he has the success and, and the connection uh, that Ricky Fowler does with Oklahoma State. Yeah, absolutely. Because they, they – the Oklahoma State folks speak uh, just huge about him. Um, so I mean, for a lot of reasons. I mean, a lot of he's done really well and done, and given back to the university. Yeah, and he's but he stayed connected too. Yeah. he stayed he stayed connected. Let's see if Chuck knows why Jamie was disappointed in Aberg yesterday. Uh, let's see, wearing not Under Armour gear. 
Bravo, Chuck Hine. He immediately was all Adidas stuff. Adidas stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. Yeah. That was disappointing. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, just like Patrick Mahomes is Adidas stuff now, too. Yeah. It's okay. That's all right. Hey, do what makes them money. Yeah, right. You got to. You do you, man, right? That's right. You do you. Do you. you do you. So, Jamie, you'll just stick with the Longhorn. Man, I saw yesterday that they make uh, golf shoes that look just like Air Jordans. I mean, like retro Air Jordans. I mean, man, if I was a golfer, I would be... I would be sponsored by the Nike folks. <laughs> make you wanna make you wanna make you wanna do that. Makes me wanna start golfing again just so I can buy some of those Air mm-hmm. Jordan golf shoes, dude. Those are sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh okay. So you know the the uh, the college football season will be here before we know it. Do you do you feel like there's more teams that could potentially either A win a Big Twelve title or even the bigger prize of winning the national title, do you still feel like that that's a pretty small group that could win the national title out of all the teams? Do you think that's a small group still? Yes. That would be my guess. Do you think it's a group that is more than, or is it less than 10? Or do you care? I would guess it'd be less than 10. Does that, do you, do you had, would you have had that same sense about, College basketball or college baseball? Uh, I would put it a higher number in college ba- uh, baseball. Mm-hmm. Just because you just don't know what's going to happen with baseball. But uh, college basketball, I probably would have put less than 10. Less than 10 for college yeah. basketball. Okay. Because I, I don't know that at the start of last year for college basketball, if you go back to last November, I mean, heck, even go to the start of the conference season, I don't know that... Very many people would have picked UConn to win it all. No, weren't they unranked to start the season? Yeah, yeah. So, so I think there's there's more, and maybe for college basketball, it's more about how you're playing. You know, March one, um, and then obviously the matchups once you get into the tournament, um, and you you know you always have to have a little bit of luck. It, se- it seems like college football, it, it's there's. <laughs> Less margin for error, so to speak. Well, I just, you don't really talk about teams normally. You don't hear about it that much with college football where you're like, well, you're just hoping they're peaking at the right time. Mm -hmm. Because really it's just like, hey, this is the most talented team or this is the healthiest team or this is a team that, you know, is the best team. You know, or these are the best four teams. It's really, you don't really that much talk about, well, they they were playing better in the middle of the season than they Mm -hmm. are now. But it feels like with college basketball and college baseball, that's a little bit different. And those are like, oh, they peaked too early. You know, they were really good in, you know, February for a a college basketball team or they were really good in January or for a baseball team. You talk about, oh, man, their their best baseball was in March, but they haven't played as great in conference play since then. So I, I just feel it's different with football. It just feels like. The top teams rise to the top immediately, and they're there for the mm-hmm. most part. You know, and they kind of they kind of stay there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What uh, what's your interest level this weekend in the in the college baseball super regionals? What's my interest level? Yeah, I got a lot going on this weekend, so I, I mean, I won't. Um, it's not gonna. It's not must-see TV for me. Mm-hmm. I'll definitely be interested in the scores. Um, it's still, it's the wound's still open. Still open, okay. Yeah, okay. so, I mean, I'm not, 
I'm as much as I love college baseball, I, I probably I've stayed away from it all week long. Mm-hmm. You know, not not reading, you know, previews for the matchups or not diving into who I think will win them or anything like that. I'm just again uh, that that wound is still open. So um, yeah, usually it usually takes me about a week or so, and then by the time Omaha comes around, I'll be. I'll be all in again, watching all those games. Is the wound more or less than a year ago? Do you think, or is it about the same? I mean, it's it's always the same, really. To be honest with you, I mean, there's a higher level of man. I thought we could have win it all this, won it all this year, or um, we didn't, you know, play to the best of our ability or whatever. I, I as I told you guys, I, I felt like this year's baseball team got about what they were. Like you're a team that was, you know, top 25, top 30, um, just didn't play consistent enough to ever feel like this is a team that's going to put it all together. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, it's, uh, I don't, when you're, uh, when you're around the, 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 the players and the team and the coaches and all that, and you see, we as fans all feel it and we're all disappointed and we all want better and we all hope we win a national championship and win every single game. But, you know, you see the pain on the faces of the guys that are actually there in the trenches Mm -hmm. and you feel for them. Mm -hmm. I mean, you really do. Um, That doesn't mean that you're not allowed to question whether they played well or coached well or whatever, but you really feel for them. So, that's like with me, I, I just always walk away from those things, knowing how much time and effort those guys put into it. Mm-hmm. And it's for every sport, every team, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, it's just hard to, to see the pain on their faces. Yeah. This has been the Morning Drive podcast presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.